0: marketers of the world, why do we work hard to solve small problems? It's time to bring home bigger paychecks. It's time to create the lifestyle we deserve and to make a greater impact. This is the Fractional CMO Show and I'm Casey Stanton. Join me as we explore this growing industry and learn to solve bigger problems. The Fractional CMO Show is sponsored by CMOX, the number one company to teach you how to attract convert, and serve clients as an in-demand fractional CMO. And I'm here with certified Google partner, Horizon Interactive award winner, humanitarian, CMO for two nonprofits, CEO of CS Design Studios in Tucson, Arizona, my new friend, Wyatt Chambers. Hey, Wyatt, excited to have you on. Hey, thanks. Nice to be
1: here with you today.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really stoked that you're on. And, and one thing that I really love about you is that you've got a successful agency. You've built this agency over the last uh, few years, and you've got a number of people working for you. We were just chatting about how you have people in different time zones kind of working at all hours, uh, servicing your clients. And you've got this agency, and by all measures, you're successful. Um, but what you decided to do, which I think is so interesting, is you decided to add fractional CMO services and kind of become a fractional CMO. So I'm excited today to to kind of dive into that and see why you wanted to add fractional CMO services to your agency. Um, but first, tell me a bit about the agency that you guys run.
1: Sure. You know, I started in uh, 2008, so it's been running for a while. Um, I remember talking to people about Google beta advertising and websites way before uh, people were even using Google on on the paid side. Uh, most people in, in Tucson were using Yellow Pages uh, or traditional forms of marketing. so. I was kind of the oddball in 08 and uh, started to build my agency on just website design first. Okay. And, that, and in 08, that was tough, man. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It that was you know, a tough time. Yeah. I think, uh, uh, you know, looking back, I, I don't understand, you know, exactly everything that went, went on and how it worked out, but it did. You know, just uh, people were moving from, I think, from paper and traditional and over to, to digital. So. It actually worked out well. And, uh, we ended up focusing more on the managerial side than the marketing side, okay. so one of our, one of our earliest wins was a power company. And, uh, they were, they, they can their, uh, their web developer in house. And then it took it to us. We weren't calling ourselves an agency at the time, but we we're like, Hey, we'll, we'll manage your website. Right. And that kind of generated the revenue. So we started off in the management world, really, of of managing people's websites as opposed to marketing them. Uh, You know, over time, we just kept adding to those services until, you know, we adopted, hey, we're a digital marketing agency, right? We've been a Google partner for, when way before they were calling it agency, they were calling it, what, partner or, I I forget what they called it in the beginning, but we were one of the first ones in Tucson. Got
0: it. Okay, so you decided that, I mean, the Tucson market's an interesting market because it's a subset of the uh, Phoenix market. Sure. Um, and is it, was it big enough to sustain
1: what you wanted uh, for growth in your business? Absolutely. Yeah, there was, uh, you know, there was a million people basically in surrounding communities in, in Tucson, but there was enough diversity in business to where everybody had a website, even though it was mediocre in, in 08. You know, I moved from being a flash guy. I do a little flash, flash. websites, which I love right. Adobe flash it was great. Uh, all the movie websites were built in flash. I think that's what attracted me to it. Sure. It like it With those crap. great intros. Oh yeah. I love those intros. We, we do intros, but back at that time we were actually creating vector websites in flash that can load quicker than a lot of your content management sites today, because we were optimizing for dialogue. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so it was kind of funny that you know I'd use XML to call objects in and out of a movie. That's what we called it. Okay, but the problem with that was there's no SEO to it. How do you index? Sure. How do you index pages in a movie? You don't. But it was very advanced for the time where you know I could load in a video elements or pictures right uh, with a choose your own adventure kind of an interface, and it worked out really good at the time. So you're this agency owner. You're there
0: in 2008. Um, the housing crisis is like just happening. It's kind of an awful time in the market. Um, and you decided that the one thing that everyone has and wants is a website or an improved website. So you focus on that and you're playing with the tech du jour, which is Adobe's Flash. And sure. and then something happened, like you continued to grow past that. So what was the breaking
1: point from just website build to a, a more full featured agency? I think, you know, when, when business owners were coming to me, Uh, They're like, yeah, new website's great, but what we really need is leads. We need business. We need this to do something for us other than having a brochure website. Do you do that too? And and so that just got the wheels turning and, you know, the residual concept of, hey, I I onboard this client. I'm going to take care of them. They don't need to have in-house people and we're going to take care of a service, right? (laughs) Provide leads. We're going to provide calls. We're going to provide activity on on the website that turned itself into a marketing role and so you know i look back and like i didn't know that's what i was doing it was just taking care of the needs of the customer yeah uh, that's how we we ended up here anyway uh where agency to now you're talking about a whole different service going into the cmo world so anyway it's just yeah now it's kind of developed So it's interesting. So just because you
0: you kind of got your way into working with clients, the client said, "How can you be more useful to us? Can you do this thing that matters to us?" You know, to you as a website that mattered to them, it's actually growing their business. So now you're aligned with them. So you start doing what? You're a partner of Google, so you're uh, running Google Ads. Are you focusing on SEO? Are you building out kind of just a general outbound and inbound
1: marketing campaign? Yeah, all the above. I mean, we started in the in the paid world, right from the beginning. I was managing Google paid advertising. And then that naturally progressed into SEO. Well, how do you rank in the SERPs, right? And uh, then you have the SEM world, uh, which we know now for local uh, Google Business is all GMB, Google My Business, right, uh, optimization. So y- you have a lot of things doing this. At the end of the day, I don't think really business owners care about rank as much as they do about their phone ringing. In you the think- so, you know, those strategies. Uh, a lot of a lot of uh, people that say they can do that. Uh, tout it, and then when you look at what they provide, the, the, there's no substance to it, or there's a, a big cloud, right? Well, how did you achieve that? Well, I don't know. We just did all these different things. Uh, so are you saying that that Wyatt's number one secret to success is actually helping people? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I would say that uh, you know our core value is humility and learning is constant. You know the, the the learning and how this market is changing is incredible to me. Yeah, that's what I get. I ended up in your group, Casey. Is I'm looking for people that are doing it, that are successful at it and know more than I do. And I think I've found that group. So that's why I'm here. Yeah, that's awesome,
0: man. Thanks. And, and okay, so this is interesting to me. Um, in your agency, in, in the d- traditional agency model, you, you hired someone to be a strategist. What happened when you hired a strategist and you put them on accounts? Because ultimately what you must have as an agency is you have to have someone who can like uncover new work, right? Otherwise you just like build a website and it's done, but you want that client for life. So you installed a strategist, you hired that person.
1: And then what happened? Yeah, the strategist came in and, you know, I've had multiple ones that would do pieces, but I had a strategist come in and I realized that, you know, that strategist was what we call a superstar, somebody that should be, that's really an entrepreneur themselves. Mm-hmm. Kind of helped them along the way. And, and uh, you know, I have another situation going on the same same thing right now is I have basically an entrepreneur that's working within the confines of the company that I started the The, the problem that that ends up happening is you can't have multiple people running the shop, sure. yeah, you, know, you can only really have one person guiding the ship. And I think that you know I, I'll be able to pick that out quicker, sooner, you know in the future uh, and, and not really rely on that individual to run the company in a way towards the marketing side, the, the CMO side. So, that was kind of a lessons learned, you know. I, I don't look back and I'm not upset about it. I, I think it's just one of those things where that's part of the learning process.
0: You know, yeah, that. certainly. And there, there's a risk to give someone that authority inside the organization to be the person who's uh, kind of calling the shots.
1: And uh, ultimately, what that person left the organization. Uh, the, or, yeah. The first one did. You know, uh, essentially, I let them go, um, but I, I encouraged them. I said, "Look, you need to do this for yourself." Yeah. So I got a text back from this individual saying, Hey, thank you for doing that for me. Thank you for pushing me in that direction. Yeah. Uh, I, I took that as a compliment. Uh, now I have a couple of people that are doing what I've you know shown them how to do certain things. Now they're doing it for themselves. So it's kind of bittersweet. Uh, I would consider them, uh, almost, I hate to use the word competition, but you end up creating peers in the same space that are in the same pond, you know? So, yeah, yeah I'm just having that change the way I, I viewed, uh, what was happening there and understanding why it happens and, and, and how to insulate so it doesn't happen again, because you know, there's, there's a big, um, it creates a inner turmoil. So I, I'm trying to avoid that in the future. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Okay, so you've got this agency, you've kind of attempted uh, with different levels of success of installing like a lead strategist. And now where we sit is you have a very successful agency, by no means do you need to move to a fractional CMO role, um, but you've chosen to. I'm curious why, why do you want to, you know, what could kind of maybe feel to some agency owners listening is a step down. Why, did you, why are you stepping or sidestepping the, you, you know, you're in the CEO space and then you're also the fractional CMO for clients.
1: Yeah, I think um, that just stems from wanting to help people do well at what they do, right? Well, I want to understand every single piece of it to be able to, to approach in that way that I know business owners don't a lot of them, at least in my customer base, do not have somebody facilitating that role. They're Mm -hmm. not doing that. And, you know, what we've been doing has been a a small piece of it. I wanted to help out even further. Now, I can't help everybody. You know, there's only one Wyatt and I'm gonna have to pick and choose who I work with in in this capacity. But I want to come in and have a framework and a methodology to doing it, to helping somebody to, to success. That's the value that I saw coming this direction. And then also having a peer group. You know, where, yeah. like, like one of the last peer groups that we had, we were talking about different technologies, stuff right. that I'd never heard of. I got schooled on it too, man. Got totally schooled, you know. I it, it was just amazing to me that some of the people in this group are playing at that level where, wow, I, I don't think I'd ever come across that in t- the Tucson market, but right now I could, you know, think about it, right? It, it does exist. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. So um,
0: let's talk about, like, uh brass tacks, what's ha- what happened to your clients in the agency space when you feel like you helped them a little bit, but there was more help that they needed? W- what's that difference? Like, were you just building landing pages and they just needed their whole marketing kind of strategy laid out? What was it?
1: I'll give you I got one client that I'm going through the CMO uh, process right now. And when I approached him before, I said, hey, here's our offering. They didn't take the offering from the digital marketing agency side. This was over a year ago. Then I sat down with him and I said, look, we're, we're doing something different. This is the role I want to play in your organization. You don't have a chief marketing officer and obviously whatever you're trying to pull off, you're doing yourself or you're having your employees do it. And they're not, they don't have the visibility. They don't have the knowledge. This stuff you're going to have to learn over time. How about speed that up? Mm. Wouldn't you like to speed that up? And wouldn't you like to have, you know, everybody loves the word KPI in the business world. Right. What are your key performance indicators? How are you going to generate success? And then, you know, I really appreciate the uh, asset on it questionnaire where you're getting down to how much do you want to make? Having that kind right. of Like Such, such a, a killer question. As the executive, the CEO of the company that you're working with, how much
0: money do you make right now? And how much do you want to make? I'll make that dream come true. Don't tell me to double your company. Tell me to double your, your, your profitability, your take home. We can figure that out. Right. Right. It's a very different conversation.
1: It's a different, I think, you know, like I really identified with videos that you had created for your own, uh, you know, why get involved in this program. And one of those questions I think you asked is you want to know that. So you know how to guide, guide them. I thought I would be offensive asking those kind of questions. And now it's like, no, you're asking for the authority to play that role in their organization. Mm. It's a total different you know, playing a vendor versus playing, hey, I'm on your team, right? whole different role. Uh, You would never go to a cocktail party and be
0: like, hey, nice to meet you, Wyatt. How much money do you make? Yeah, right. But when you work with a CEO and your job is to make the CEO successful, you have to know these personal details. I also love to ask them, how many hours a week are they working? And then they always lie to me. Oh, like 30 or 40. And it's like, bullshit, you responded to my email on Saturday and Sunday. So you're working more than that. How many hours are you working? And I'm like, okay, probably 60 all in, you know, maybe seventy. Yeah. yeah. And your job, if you just like make their life easier by removing maybe some of the marketing stuff from their head and you own that in totality, that frees them up to kind of elevate on their own role, solve bigger problems and generate better results for the company
1: at large while you do the same on the marketing side. Is that what you're finding? That's right. Yeah. You're, you're taking up that level of responsibility in that marketing segment. And I think that that's a, you know, when I'm going through this process and I think I told you, I got three that I'm working on right now and they're wanting, you know, Hey, where's my, where's my functional plan right now? I said, well, it takes time to work on that. Let's get through the ask, uh, you know, question there first. So I'm in this process of learning all these pieces and trying to wrap my, my arms around it, but I'm having a good time doing it too. So, you know, I I like the journey that I'm on right now to be able to play this different role that I haven't been in for a long time as far as um, going back to working directly with, you know, a potential business to take them to the next level. Yeah, and you're good at it. I mean, before this
0: call, you said that you're, what, the CMO for a couple of companies. Yeah. I mean, this is like, it's kind of like your
1: stupid human trick is to be a really good marketer, right? <laughs> well, I would say that I want to get better at what I do. And I think like any craft, you got to, you know, at, you know, keep practicing. Right. Yeah. I think what's nice is you come into the different organizations. I know that the goal is to niche out, but one of the things that I'd share this, this, this thing is I've been in every niche since yeah. getting. I never, never went service-based business. businesses. Yeah. Direct to consumer. I've been in, in in every single niche and and I'm like thinking, well, this is a niche. I'm going to be a, a fractional CMO. That is my niche. I'm going to play that. And, you know, not that I have to do it only for attorneys or do it for, you know, a service industry or whatever, you know, I'm going to pick and choose who I want to work with from a standpoint. Do I like working with them? Yeah. You know, it, 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 and, and that is my niche. I want to work with people I want to work with and, and have a good time doing it. And, you know, and their problems become my problems. I mean, it's part of what we do. And, uh, it's fun when you can plug different things in and get the results that you want. And then it's also equally frustrating when you can't. So, right. You know, like one, of the, one of the problems I brought to the group was, hey, B2B, how do we generate leads for B2B at, in the tech segment? Super saturated market. And you got some big players that are in that market. How do you compete with that? <laughs> and I think one of the, the, the cool pieces you gave you early on was, hey, here's a way to get information on people that are already visiting your website. So right. let's remarket to all. Yeah. that was huge. That was huge. That was huge.
0: Yeah, and this wasn't standard like uh, Google Ads remarketing, right? This was like new, inventive, creative, and and you're right. I think that that's a huge, huge thing. Uh, even for the clients that I serve, that was an enormous win. That one oh, thing. Yeah. Oh, now, yeah. So one thing that that is kind of coming up for me is this idea that um, to go back to the agency model, like when you work with companies and you go do your thing, sure. you're a full stack marketing agency. You guys are doing ads, landing pages, um, tech stack, like all that stuff, uh, copy, whatever. Um, in order for that to be successful, there has to be a big picture vision. And oftentimes marketing agencies or marketers are only really paid for the thing that they do, like running the ad campaign. But you can't run an ad campaign if there isn't a landing page. But to have a landing page, you first have to have a website and then also an offer. And then you have to have like your form submit somewhere and then have a follow-up sequence. and. Like, while the company might say, I want to hire an ad company, right? They want to hire an agency that does ads. You know how much is required. And I've just seen this happen so often for agencies that they give away the strategy for free and they support here and there as they have to, just so that they can do their job, which is run ads. Have you found that as well, that in order to do your job, you kind of have to give a little bit
1: more than that you're kind of being compensated for? Oh, yeah. I I would say that I've given so much uh, strategy, how to do things, just wanting to help people out and uh, even, uh, you know, just to build a reputation. Right. And uh, I think that that's one of the aha moments that I had is, oh, you can bill for that. And there is, this is what you can do and and what that looks like. You know, when you were talking about doing a half day, I tried to squeeze my first one into one hour.
0: (laughs) That's
1: so sharp. Half day consult in one hour. No, I could try to get to, you know, squeeze into one hour. It was, you know, I got to page six. Right. But, you know, here's the thought, you know, when you, you kind of test the system and it doesn't go as well as you think, you're like, well, no wonder why it's a half day session. Right. You know, and even, you know, having like a little ADHD now where I'm always going fast, your customers don't think like that. A lot of them don't. So, Right. I'm moving, to, I, I'm impatient, trying to get through the process. I'm like, oh, no, you need to slow down. And I, I think what it does when you go through like the questionnaire is you're caring enough to ask all the questions about their business, even if it's not marketing related, you're at least bringing it all in. So there's understanding as to what they're trying to achieve. A uh, lot of good uh, questions there that I think that, I think it establishes that rapport and reputation, right?
0: Totally. So, and they, like think for a moment, like a CMO we talk about fractional CMO, and really, fractional CMO is 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 for the subset of the market that doesn't need a full time CMO. But kind of to everyone in that company, you're the CMO. You're not a fractional CMO. They don't know that. Uh, you know, anyone who's ever worked at a company that has a lawyer at it, that might not be a full time staff lawyer. That might be fractional. You know, outside general counsel. But it's still your lawyer. It's still the lawyer that you think of. So in that way, a CMO would never come up with a marketing strategy that didn't consider the sales team, that didn't consider product, right? But at an agency who's only compensated on the success of an ad campaign, you kind of can't invest the time to solve that huge problem of landing pages and follow-up sequences and sales calls and all that stuff. But the CMO is given that time and space and that opportunity so you can actually be more successful. And and you talk about building a reputation by giving some some stuff away for free. And I think, you know, leading with with love and supporting people is is definitely the way to go. And if they don't have someone quarterbacking that, if they don't have someone who's like leading the charge on that, who's speaking the language and, and really building the team for it, you know as well as I do, they're just
1: not going to get it implemented. Right. That's right. That's right. It's just yeah. an idea. It's just yeah. I think what you're saying is if you're having a higher relationship with your your client. Higher tier, and the last thing that I would say on the agency model is you don't want to be treated like a vendor. right? right. You know, it's like, well, I paid for hamburger. Where's my hamburger? <laughs> you know, and, and I think that that's what I'm looking for too. Is not saying that we're being treated that way, but I'm ready for a higher tier relationship with the existing clients that I've had over a decade, and bringing more value to new ones that are coming in. Right? So, yeah, I'm sitting down with them and pre-qualifying them to see is is this gonna be a customer I'm going to be working with in the next 10 years? Are they gonna be somebody that I want to keep working with? It's almost like it becomes a uh, a qualifying, which yeah, we are qualifying clients at this point. We don't, we don't take everybody and there there are ones that just don't make sense. So I like the fact that this is taking uh it down to a a better relationship model. Um, and you're getting more grade with their success. And, and I like where that that, uh, you know, that model is taking. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And and as you
0: think of these bigger companies that you're getting into, y- your, your vision is, is, I think really interesting The the quality of, of the companies that you're going after to be a fractional CMO for are significant companies, right? Sure. Like these aren't just small mom and pops, which are fine. Like small, smaller companies are great. And someone who just wants kind of an easy, Roles of fractional CMO can have a couple of those. They can pay well. They can make their, you know, six figures, healthy six figures. Um, But what you're talking about doing here, I think is really novel because you're kind of cleaving your way into a larger business that would throw away just a general agency proposal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They don't want an agency, even though that might be the solution. So, how is that a
1: little different for you? Well, I'll give you an example. I got one that I'm working on right now. I'm going to go visit with. I've already got my, questionnaire back. Now, I'm I'm coming back and and meeting with uh, basically a general manager of uh, one of 66 branches in the United States. They control $2 billion in revenue for payroll. Amazing. (laughs) So, I've already been doing this with the chief marketing officer from a standpoint of, oh, this guy's going to make me look bad. (laughs) Okay. So, my goal is not to make the chief marketing officer look bad, but if you talk to the branch, how many leads are you getting this from Zero. Mothership, right? So there's an opportunity to go, look, let's run this, you know, what we're going to do here in Tucson and this branch generates some success and then we can roll it out further. You yeah, know? And so, I, I, you know, there's an example of a big whale. You know, I think that whatever we do here, it'll probably get mimicked all the way out through the rest if we have success with it. I like that challenge. That's a great challenge. It's a B2B challenge, but I can tell their Google game is not there. Their LinkedIn game is not there. Their lead flow is not there. So there's opportunity where I don't have to be that aggressor from a corporate level. Let's start, right. let's start at one piece at a time. You know, I got, I got another one, which, you know, they've got an awesome business in, in there in the fitness category. That, that's where you came from, right? That's, <laughs> yeah. Health and fitness is, is, is a niche that I've loved. Yep. And I, I looked at your, your diagram, i probably changed up a little bit, but it's the same kind of a model. Uh, and I, you know, I'm excited about that where he can go in there and he's, I think he's between what, like, oh, just past the $1 million mark. It'd be right. great to take him to the five. How do you do that? How do you get him to $5 million? Well, there's a lot of different things we have to do. We'll, we'll set up scorecards. We'll do all the things that, that you encourage and teach. So I'm looking forward to, to, to working that with, with them. Yeah, that's super
0: fun. And so an objection that, that I hear a lot, um, and that John on our team hears a lot, is people say, I don't think I can actually do it. I don't think I can be a CMO. I don't have the experience. And it's funny, you're talking about this $2 billion uh, payroll company, and you're talking about GMB, you're talking about basic lead gen stuff. It doesn't have to be rocket science to revolutionize a business. It has to be the basics executed right. Would you agree?
1: Absolutely. I mean, you take, you know, when you you, you talk to a, a branch, they're not using Sales Navigator in late 10, You know, there's an example of, hey, they haven't rolled out a B2B. Oh, my gosh.
0: They haven't rolled out Sales now. Na- I mean, Sales Navigator is like,
1: it's yeah. the first thing that you do, right? Yeah. Yeah. Identify your targets. Yeah, And you look at the reviews. They, they've been past 50. Well, I think they got 20 reviews. Oh, my gosh. and all the reviews are bad because the only people that live with the people that are unhappy, they're not bad, but uh, I helped generate them in another uh, breakfast group that I'm in. And that's how I met gentlemen. And and there are, you know, some highfalutin folks in there and they're, they're good people, but asleep. And even the big corporations are asleep uh, to reputation sometimes, you know, and we know reputation is your brand. That's huge. You know, and it's not just on, on LinkedIn. I mean, you think about uh, other different places, uh, you know, Google Glassdoor for, you know, the HR side, all kinds of different engines that people are asleep and not really looking at those things. So I think the, uh, the market is wide open it, and we're seeing an exodus to this thing continue to grow. I mean, if I were to ask you, Casey, is, is marketing dead or is that going away? No way. Is AI going to take over? No, it just, I mean, it'll support, but it won't take over. It won't take over. There still has to be thoughts behind that, yeah. in, in, uh, a direction uh, from a strategy perspective. But yeah. I'd say that the lower
0: level stuff, you know, like if you want a copywriter, you can go pay a high price copywriter or you can get one of these Jarvis or whatever uh, um, AI copywriters. They're not perfect, but for a lot of companies, they're better than nothing. So we're seeing the bottom 10, 20, 30 percent of marketers getting cycled out by robots, which makes sense. Right? We should we should see that when it comes to like um uh repetitive labor at car manufacturing plants. You don't need a human to do that. A robot's more effective at that. You're, that pressure's there. And I think that there's also a pressure where agencies are gonna see prices forced down because of offshore labor. That's right.
1: I mean, have you experienced that? Have you seen like I, I think what, what I see happening in the marketplace is people are going very niche specific. Yeah, it's, it's very nice when somebody comes in, they're like, hey, all we cover is this kind of plumber or this type of, you know, service that you're in or whatever, and they 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 will tout it as the silver bullet. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, yeah, there's some good things to that. I'll give you an example. Um, as a CMO for a pest control company, I took that pest control website from my own agency out to one of those niche providers. Okay. Super slow. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, I trade off one problem for another. Surely, uh, you know, the rank drop. So even though somebody's in a niche, doesn't mean they're gonna be as good as a, a, a digital agency, or even right. if you found a resource that was good at it. Well, what I'll tell people is you can always pull in somebody that is from a big agency, but still a person that has to do the work. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why you would go to a partner or somebody like us in a CMO world, where, you know, at this point, people in my team are schooling employees at Google because they're brand new. Right,
0: don't you love that? Hey, you wanna to talk to your Google ad rep?
1: Absolutely not, I don't wanna teach anyone anything. Oh, good Good luck even getting on the phone with one of them. If you're, a, if you're an agency, we have a hard time getting a hold of Google. So still, wow, that's wild. Oh yeah. Oh no. There's there's no secret bat phone to Google. I mean, it. <laughs> and then there's complicated problems. Uh, you know, especially when you move a company from point A to point B. I can only imagine what it'd be like to move multiple locations within the Google sphere. Yeah, that seems real tough. Yeah. If you're not, if you don't have a professional handling all your citations, and you get stuck in this this terminal loop. Uh, with some of these postcard things and that could cost companies a lot of money, uh, especially if you can't change your phone number. Oh, you mean the verification process? Oh yeah. It like uh, it, you change your phone number and you move, right. you know, imagine the value. Let's just say you had over a thousand reviews. What's the value of a thousand reviews? It's significant. Tens of thousands of dollars for a lot of what companies. if you lost all those reviews because somebody goofed up your Google move or, or your, you know, it, it happens. I've seen it happen. So, there's definitely things out there that it, knowledge is key, right? Having the right people in place that can handle a lot of things. But that's just one thing. I mean, there's so many um, parts of a working, what I call a digital sphere of marketing right. to make it all work. Uh, I think one thing that you mentioned that you had success with was handwritten uh, letters. Handwritten letters. Amazing. Just sent that like, a couple hundred um, today, literally today was in them out. That's awesome, man. I, and I want to hear that stuff because, you know, i have clients that could benefit from that. Yeah. You, know, uh, you have people that will, will use ValPack. You know, ValPack might be an option. Sure. You know, what's cool is when you run all these different campaigns in different markets, you see what works and what doesn't work. Absolutely.
0: And, it, and, and I'm right there with you, especially when you work with companies uh, as their CMO, the fractional CMO, and they have um, locations all across the United States or U.S. and Canada or even in Europe just to see the response, man, what I've learned about individual communities as a response to COVID and which were more sleepy and which were more aggressive to kind of get back to business um, and uh, how CPMs have shifted. And like the the intellectual kind of um, stimulation, I think, that we get as fractional CMOs is it's kind of second to none because you're seeing it in a real way and you're the owner of it. Uh, and I just think it's, it's just a ton of fun instead of kind of doing what a lot of marketers do, which is marginal incremental improvement, same old, same old, 95% of their work week is kind of the same old stuff.
1: Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah, I think it was part and parcel of me also dealing with people that were appointed as a marketing officer that didn't have the experience. Have you ever into those? Oh man. And uh, they- I could, a- I could write a book on those people, right? If they're good on Facebook and suddenly they're the chief marketing officer. I'm like, yeah, no, that doesn't work that way. Right. Hiring a 21 year old and
0: overtitling them. I think overtitling. like but, hey, if I wrote a short story, it would be called stop overtitling. Like that yeah. person runs, runs hiring. They're not your HR person. That person does some operation stuff. They're not your COO, you know, <laughs> stop it because you're going to have to overpay them and they're not qualified for the work.
1: Sure. And then I've had, circumstances where I've worked with marketing agencies where I've been the vendor for them. So you're a third tier in that wheel to the customer. Yeah. I quit doing that 10 years ago. Like, so you're going to have own the relationship and and take a cut on me and, and and then convolute the communications where all the stress coming to me, you know, that didn't work either. So I quit quit doing that too, where I, I don't like, typically working with marketing agencies. Sure. So now coming in with the title of a CMO, it's like, hey, you don't really need that now. Now there might be something, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Can, can you differentiate, like
0: as you think of working with these clients, sure. uh, the difference between uh, when you bring in your own agency and when you wouldn't? Like, what do you think the ethical line there is? Because sure, like at some level, you can make a lot of money by bringing in your own agency, but is that always the right thing to do?
1: Well, I I think what's nice is, and and this is what is happening in in this natural evolution here is I go in, I say, look, CS, my company I started can do a lot of this stuff, but there's things that CS can't do. Do you want me to, A, work with you on hiring somebody in-house to do this? It might make sense. Mm -hmm. For example, like trying to outsource social media, you know, there's a media component. Do you have a photographer in-house? Do you have content creator?" The answers are no, well, most of the companies I deal with, they don't. They can't put a team in house, they'd go broke. There's not- right. a, And they don't need to go buy $5,000 for the camera equipment when all they no. need is a hundred photos, right? That's correct, that's correct. And so, you know, I, I feel good about being able to say, hey, this is something I'm a good fit for with, with CS, but I can tell you what the return is and we'll track that. And if we need to pull somebody else in, you know, I think I was looking at uh, a couple of different sites that you recommended. Sure. where they're vetted top 3% on the planet for what they do. Yeah. You throw that dollar amount out there. Like I had somebody reach out to me and say, hey, we're, we're spending a couple hundred a month on a social media person to do all this stuff. I said, you might, you might want to keep them. <laughs> yeah. <right?
0: laughs> because,
1: yeah. Yeah. So, the, you know, I, I think that, that integrity, that, you know, the honesty, the, you know, the humility, you try to tie those core values that's already within the CS branding. I bring that, to the business seller because yeah. at the end of the day, your name's worth more than anything else, right? Your reputation.
0: Yeah, a couple bucks, yeah. that, you spend that money. But that relationship capital, uh, the respect that you get in the community, the word of mouth that comes as a result of you actually helping the people, it's worth way more than a kind of short-term. And I totally agree with you. I think the agency owner does have an unfair advantage, often, as a fractional CMO, because it can, there can be difficulty in getting execution. Uh, Yes, CMO, CMO, fractional CMO, whatever. As the CMO, to get someone to execute is tough sometimes, finding the right person. We're recording this right now in Q4, and um, the painful truth is a lot of people have a Q4 bonus, an end-of-year bonus. So they're looking to quit their job Jan 1. But if you want to hire them today in October, you're not going to get them because they're just going to wait 60 days. They're going to you know, go through the motions and then get their bonus and then maybe they'll be available. So if you're in that position where it's like hiring is difficult, but you have an agency, like that's that's a power move to
1: be able to pull them in and then really serve the client. Um, yeah, it's, it's difficult. I think sometimes being in that category, um, the agency category, I think that um, from what I've seen, you know, I definitely think that there's, it's a huge trust position. Uh, but I again I, I like the extension of the CMO where you're getting in even even farther to help yeah. somebody along their path. And I am not worried about revenue for the agency aspect. I'm more about helping the, the customer. And and by the way, I mean our agency that we have, it, we're month to month. I don't like oh, the, I don't like it when you come in and somebody sign a one year or a three year. What are we signing in way a D one line or a <laughs> right? So, yeah. No, we're, we're month to month, and I've always kept it that way. I want to feel like I'm not giving them the value. Here, take your business somewhere else. You're not going to hurt my feelings, you know. Right. You got to do what's right for your business. So, same way on on this uh, the, the engagement process, we want to deliver value. Yep, man. and, and uh, I'm I'm there with you, man. I appreciate. Uh, yeah, it, it's helpful to kind of go through this process. I've been having a good time at it.
0: Yeah, it's awesome, man. And, and one thing I really love about you is. Um, when we chatted, you were like, "Hey, Casey, this like this seems to make a lot of sense." Like our first call, I I, I remember it. Um, I was traveling. You and I had a, a call, and you were like, uh, "I'm I'm I'm pretty sure I wanted to do this fractional CMO thing." Um, and also, uh, I think we talked on a Friday. You're like, "Uh, and on Monday, um, I've got a sales call," and yeah. you and I jammed
1: on that, and I think that was a pretty successful call for you, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, I think it is. I mean, everything is lined up perfectly. I think. You know, anybody starting your program, it's the execution of it. There's yeah. a, tra- there's a traversal because I've been doing business a certain way for 14 years and now I'm like, okay, I need to change my thinking, change my process and try to make them gel together. Right. I'll, I'll take some of the tools. I don't think your, your foresight was to say, use this exactly as it is. Yeah. No, that's for you. Um, it's exactly as I used it and everyone has kind of their own
0: interpretation. And if you want to use it exactly like I do, you're welcome to, but for a lot of people, they want to
1: put their magic on it. Everyone kind of comes with their own magic, right? Sure. No, that's what I'm doing. I'm just taking what's worked for me in my demographic here, and then I'm just tweaking it to make it work. And so obviously I got a lot to learn. And and so, you know, I, I think this first year is going to be very telling. I think in the beginning when we talked, I said, look, I'll be happy with pulling one client like this a quarter, Right already working on four or five engagements right now amazing oh so i gotta i gotta learn a little bit faster uh, casey i'm kind of what is it control what is it when they say it's controlled chaos sure that's right where i'm at right now it's controlled chaos but um i'm having fun with it and i think when you get up in the morning that's that what that's what gets you going right you want to have fun with what you're doing it's getting back to that kind of joy of when we
0: all got into marketing We got into it because of something. And then we got caught up in the bullshit of it. Sure, right? For some of us, we've kind of got, we've like moved up to a manager role or something. And it's just like kind of a drag every day. You're not doing the fun stuff. You kind of want that guy to call in six so that you have to jump in and save the day and build the campaign out. You know, you want to have like that level of touch, maybe not actually building all the campaigns out, but you kind of want to be back into the the joy of it. And I think as the fractional CMO or the CMO, you have this opportunity to, to support the team and really be there for it instead of like this disconnected kind of, um, you know, businessy
1: kind of uh, way that I think a lot of us fall into. Yeah. I mean, if, if you look at the data all the time and you've heard that statement, data doesn't lie. Right. Um, but you could tweak it and make it tell a different story if you want. Right. Totally. I, I could look at SEO data and be like, great, that looks fantastic. How's the call count? How's your lead flow? Right. Oh, oh, you got a position zero. That's fantastic. The traffic's looking good. The SERPs are looking good, but you're phone... holding sure it. What I mean, going mean, to little heats? How many phone calls? Yeah. Yeah. So when you're creating that, those KPIs, it's outside of just the data. It's what are the results? And yeah. One of the things that I like having on my phone is that this, the Google My Business stats where it shows here's the activity and here's the, you know, uh, you know, what, where you're popping up on search, but here's what the activity is. How many phone calls, how many web visitors, visitors, you know, I I love having that in my hand. So when I'm talking to a business owner without jumping into Google analytics, I have that at my fingertips. That's so cool. But, you know, as far as pulling it from all these other sources and, you know, building a, a, a scorecard that's meaningful to the business owner outside of what we've traditionally done. I'm, you know, I'm using, I'm not sure if we're with bright, local, yeah. Or, you know, I'm sure you've heard of some Yaks. You got all right. these tools with their analytics. It it can be confusing to a business owner. You for th- sure. They
0: don't care about that. Like, don't tell them about screaming frog. Right? Exactly. Exactly.
1: Tell them about how many calls. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I'm talking to business owners there in their sixties, they're like, Why my phone's not ringing. What are you doing? <laughs> it's like, well, well, here's what we're doing and this is what we wanna have, you know. You know, businesses are always, that you have cyclical, uh, cyclical businesses that go up and down based on timing. So, yeah, there's a lot of learning. And I think that, that that's what this program is is encouraging, is to learn as much as you can about the business to help them uh, in, in the, the best way that you, you can. Right. Yeah. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, um, let's take this to
0: a wrap. So, um, if folks want to, you know, find you or follow you, what's the best way for them to find you?
1: Yeah, LinkedIn. LinkedIn's a great way, I think, is... Um, Go on LinkedIn and hit my uh, type in Wyatt Chambers. You'll see my LinkedIn profile. Uh, it's very rare that I, I turn somebody away. Especially, uh, I think the CMO folks are reaching out to me. I'll I'll, I'll add them to that network. Uh, I definitely want to expand my my influence through podcasting and doing some of those things. that I really haven't had the time to do, but uh, I, I need to spend more time sharing a lot of that. What there's there's a lot of value from from uh, doing what we're doing right now, podcasting, right. So I got, I got a lot to learn, Casey. So oh, awesome,
0: man. I mean, excited to have you on uh, uh, inside the CMOX accelerator. So they could find you um, at Wyatt Chambers on LinkedIn. Yep. Wyatt, uh, this has been awesome. I love hearing your experience. I love uh, how successful you've been at growing your agency and yep. how um, you've decided to kind of get into bigger clients and kind of cleave your way in, in a really strategic way as a fractional CMO. Um, it seems like it's bringing you back to a place of joy on some of this this work to kind of get in and, and, and learn new stuff and, and, and be really sharp there to lead your team, you know, ultimately to pass it on to other people to, to execute. Um, I think that's really cool. So if there's, um, if you listen to this and you learned something, you laughed, uh, I'd love for you to tell someone about this podcast. Sure. You can send them over to fractionalcmoshow.com. Anyone listening here, go to fractionalcmoshow.com. You can find the show notes. You can find uh, a link to Wyatt's LinkedIn as well. And that's it. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to the Fractional CMO Show. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more information and episodes, visit our site at fractionalcmoshow.com. Go ahead and punch that like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. It means a lot, at least to my mom.